sisters protect me. May they protect you. Living in these uncertain times, have you ever felt the lack of control over the events going on in the world? Have you ever looked at people in positions of power and thought, you know, if that was me, the world would be a better place? Most importantly, have you ever rooted for a sports team and wanted to write a strongly worded letter to your front office berating them for their mistakes, which I did to the Lakers front office in 2013 when I was in college? <laughs> if the answer is yes, then today is a new day for you. Today is the day to take control. As a great modern poet said, you're staring at the blank page before you. Open up the dirty window. Today is where your book begins. The rest is still unwritten. The possibilities are endless because this is Trade Deadline Extravaganza 2024. Welcome to Bench Reactions, an NBA podcast brought to you by Jefferson Porger, a casually cool look for a night out. I'm your host, Patrick Hervey, and I'm joined today by Zach Burnham, Jason Lamprecht, and Dan Lyons. What's up, my guys? Hey. Trade talk, Best baby. Best day of the year. Best day of the year. <laughs> it's the it most is. wonderful time. <laughs> Wait. It's Christmas for me, baby. Yes, the most. It is. This is the moment that Zach has been waiting for for the last 11 months and 29 days, 30 days, or however long it's been. Because, boys, it is fake trade extravaganza day for us here on Bench Reactions. This is the time where we're going to do a full-on deep dive into our very own Bench Reactions trade deadline week uh, exercise that we went through as a crew before we wrap up with dan's mud pie moment of the week dan hopefully you check the google doc and you know that it was your uh your mud pie moment of the week and you're you're prepared and ready to go yep <laughs> yeah yep just jumping on google right now i'll be right back <laughs> be back momentarily that was very very convincing i feel very confident in dan's like, uh, ability to carry this out <laughs> what happened in the nba this week <laughs> key storylines <laughs> Oh man! Let me rip um, off another bandaid here. You should really ask quickly. Chat GPT to write you a mud pie moment of the week. Just see what happens. <laughs> that would actually be incredible. What that would be. That oh, would be man. amazing. That would That's be amazing. analytics right there. Oh, let's go! I, I have a pretty good analytics moment right now uh, that I'm just going to rip the bandaid off of, and I, I feel like I, I deserve the reaction to this oh, live no. <laughs> to, to leave on. On the t- to leave on the pod and here's the band-aid to rip off um i i like people make mistakes sometimes the sometimes the front office you know doesn't doesn't behave in in a way that uh the fans uh deserve and the miami heat traded tyler hero twice <laughs> <laughs> Really, really got a oh lot of value. Really got a lot of value out of Tyler Hero. What? <laughs> so Dude, one of my teams run. that I ended up with Tyler Hero on is, is that void now? <laughs> you you don't run the Heat. What are you talking about? The what? I run the. That's heat. a curveball. Zach, Wait, Zach's the on. GM of the Heat, Daniel. 
You're the GM yeah, of the Wizards. Did you send? No, you sent me Hero. And you sent yeah. Hero to me. We're good. We're okay. Good. Yeah, yeah, I'm cutting yeah. this whole thing out. I'm cutting this part. This is even better. This is even better. Okay. Oh my I, was, I was tripping out for a second when I was doing my trade reviews. And I was like, wait a second. I just got completely. For 50 seconds while Dan was talking. <laughs> thought monsters are real. Okay. They cool. live with We're us good. on Earth. His, uh, brain, his brain okay. this morning like just couldn't understand the idea that Tyler Hero got traded to him and then he traded him to someone else. I was about to like throw out solutions. I was about to be like, okay, I guess there are two Tyler Heroes. We cloned him. Cool. Like, uh, oh, oh my god. That was... I was okay, that's whew. okay. Maybe We're my good, favorite then. moment of all time. <laughs> of all time. Well, boys, uh, before we before we dive into uh, to our our actual <laughs> trades that we made, sounds like Dan made some uh, some pretty complex moves here that are a little difficult to understand. Look, I was uh, operating at levels that even I could barely comprehend. Thanks, Joe Lakeov. We appreciate it. Uh, Jason, let's have you real quick just read off who had uh, who had which who were assigned which teams as the GMs, and then we can dive into the trades that we actually made. Yep. So this year we did not use strips of paper and a hat. We used an online randomizer because uh, we can all learn and grow. You can teach a dog new tricks. Um, so uh, Chase had the Denver Nuggets, LA Clippers, Sacramento Kings, Chicago Bulls, Memphis Grizzlies, San Antonio Spurs. Dan had OKC Thunder, Dallas Mavericks, New York Knicks, Los Angeles Lakers, Toronto, Toronto Raptors for the second year in a row, I realized last night, uh, and Washington Wizards. Patrick, Boston Celtics, Cleveland Cavaliers, Indiana Pacers, Orlando Magic, Golden State Warriors, Detroit Pistons, Zach, uh, Milwaukee Bucks, uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, Miami Heat, Atlanta Hawks, Houston Rockets, Charlotte Hornets, me left with the Philadelphia 76ers, Phoenix Suns, New Orleans Pelicans, uh, 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 Utah Jazz, and uh, Brooklyn Nets and Portland Trailblazers. All right, Let, let's dive right in. I think we're going to do a little round-robin style here. We're just going to walk around and talk about the trades that we made. Who wants to, uh, who wants to, to get started? Who has a particular trade that they're stoked out of their mind about? Zach's raising his hand. No, no surprises well, there. He's been waiting for well, the last three days to. <laughs> this one, this is one that you kind of just have to to talk about up front because some news came out just last night. I think that Zach Levine is undergoing season-ending surgery. Before this news came out, Zach Levine was acquired by the Houston Rockets in exchange for Jalen Green, Jeff Green, Victor Oladipo, Jock Landale, and Golden State's 2024 second-round pick. At the time, thinking it was a great trade, and now it's all... But, but I think there is a review process. They have to go through physicals for any trades uh, to go through, and so it's still trade pending until the physicals, so maybe this trade doesn't happen. But, uh, yeah, the Rockets acquired Zach Levine. What do you guys maybe think? it does happen because because Zach that. Levine's like, wait, I get to go to Houston instead of Detroit. It's a miracle. My foot's totally fine. <laughs> I faith healed my foot. Wow. <laughs> so my guess is, is 
Yeah, go ahead. So here, here was the thinking behind the Rockets acquiring him. Pretty much we're giving up Jalen Green. That's the only thing of real value here. And it's a lot of value. He's definitely still a blue chip piece. My thought process was that the Houston Rockets do not have their first round pick this year, unless they're one of the four worst teams, which at this stage, I doubt they will be unless they get really, really lucky. So why not go for it? Why not try to be a play-in team? Uh, and then it was basically a comparison between the contract Zach Levine has and the player he is against Jalen Green, who is on a rookie deal, but is up for an extension soon. And, uh, and who we think he could turn into. And when I thought about Jalen Green and I looked through his stats and his splits and everything, it seemed to me that his upside is basically Zach Levine. Like that's the kind of player he could be. So why not get Zach Levine now? He fits in well. I ended up keeping the rest of the young guys. So I still have Whitmore, Jabari Smith, and Amon Thompson to build around. And of course, Shingun to build around. Uh, so that was the Rockets trade that I made this year. I like it. I think the Jalen Green piece is interesting because he's up for an extension. I, I have no idea what he's going to get or what he would fetch on the market. So I think kind of getting off of his contract or passing it on to somebody else before having to think about paying him, especially with, I, I mean, I just think the Rockets have other guys that I would probably prioritize over what Jalen Green does. He's kind of a a, run and, a runner and gunner um, and doesn't, I mean, at least up to this point, hasn't shown much. Uh, at a high level outside of scoring. So I like, I, I like it. I'm not, you know, I'm not the biggest Zach Levine fan, but I think for what the Rockets are trying to do, he makes sense for them. I was going to say the same thing. Like I was, I've been thinking for a while that Zach Levine makes sense on a team that like, isn't amazing and doesn't necessarily like play in those big leagues with the contenders, but like wants a, a really good player. Um, and doing it without giving a first round pick, that's great. Um, and I, and I also agree about Jalen Green potentially turning into Zach Levine. So it's kind of like, why don't we just, just age that up? Um, should we move on to, uh, whoever got, I mean, spoiler alert, DeMar DeRozan, because so while we're talking about the, the, the Chicago Bulls process, the Bulls, Bulls. yeah. Okay. The, this DeMar was DeRozan trade. was traded for three times by Dan. Is that? Is that accurate, Dan? Or... <laughs> I was like, wait, hold on. Who am I running again? <laughs> okay. So the New York Knicks received DeMar DeRozan for Evan Fournier, Dante DiVincenzo, and a second round pick. And that was something that I was like, this, yeah, I was like, yeah, huh? I felt really I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll read it again. You traded one of the Villanova Wildcats? How dare you? I, 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 yeah, excuse me, Dave? messed up. <laughs> yep. For DeMar's expiring contract? Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The, I felt, I, I, wait, wait, wait. I feel like you have a question. Me? Yeah, how? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, how? This seems like a situation where someone wanted to make a deal and they made it way too quickly. Because I came in for DeMar DeRozan with an offer that included two first round picks from another team. And I was told DeMar DeRozan was off the table. And hearing that this is what the deal went for, I mean, you got you to gotta play that market a little bit. Like for me, or are you talking about for... Like, no, for Chase. I, for yeah. Chase. No, for yeah. Chase. 
that's what no, I was No, this saying. is an like, incredible wait. deal for the Knicks. Yeah, yeah th- that's what I'm saying. Okay, I was like freaking out for a second. I was like, wait, what are you talking <laughs> about? Like, yeah, but, okay, okay, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, this for DeMar DeRozan? Yeah, absolutely. Every day, all day. So I'll, I'll take that. Um, and so he, I don't know if the Knicks offer, need DeMar, though. Am I crazy for thinking you? that? Like, well, I mean, I, th- I thought the same thing as far as like needing DeMar. Like, DiVincenzo, like, I think in terms of fit and the way that he plays is probably more what the Knicks need. But also DeMar is like, I don't know, five times the player that like DiVincenzo is. And so I was like, I think I'm going to go with like the talent. I'm just I'm just going to take the talent at this point. Um, and even even at this point in the season, right with DeMar's expiring, I, I was still like the the Knicks are playing great, especially in the past like month or two. And so maybe you don't want to mess with chemistry, but I, I'm still betting that whatever DeMar brings to the table is just way, way, way more um, than than anything that I was, like when I was looking at what I was giving up. Right. I'm like, like basically DiVincenzo for DeMar and plus filler. Like right, it was a second round pick and and uh, Evan <laughs> and the, the, the great Frenchman Evan Fournier. I was like, yeah, I I gotta take this. Yeah, I, I value wise, it's great. It, it is an interesting question. Like adding Demar on a on expiring. Do you resign him? How many years left does he have? But I mean, I was thinking the same thing this week about trying to add Demar to a contending team because that's. That's just a dude who's going to get you clutch buckets. Um, and that's something that I think the Knicks are going to need in the playoffs. So I, I like it, even though I, I would be bummed about giving up the Michael Jordan of Delaware, uh, Dante DiVincenzo. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> I, I, want, I, I also want to throw out that I offered, uh, I offered Tobias Harris and three first-round picks for DeMar DeRozan and Alex Caruso and was shut down. I was told Caruso was not not available because I I was I, told I, twice this same. week he was unavailable, and I I said I said a, a text that says if at some point you are open to trading him, please do not trade him to someone else without checking back with me, or I will be <laughs> devastated. That was the caps. first thing. That was the one of the first texts I sent to Chase was like for like on, on, honestly on behalf of the Lakers, I was like, bring him home. It's time. We it, got it. Yeah. It was the first text I sent to try to get him to Philly too. <laughs> Caruso and right. Rosen in Philly would have been like perfect. Like I, w- yeah. I may have even yeah. made them like a championship favorite, at least on par with Milwaukee and uh, and and Boston. As long as Joel comes back, <laughs> we're not going to yeah, talk about true. that today, though. It's too sad. Uh, Jay, let's move on to your first trade. Which which trade do you want to talk about first? So it just flows into the conversation. Um, I'm technically going to talk about two trades that I wanted that originally proposed as one trade, uh, but it was shot down because of the rules. Um, uh, if if you recall that midweek uh, conversation about trying to fudge the retrading a player rule. Um, so the Sixers and the Raptors made two different trades minutes apart uh, in order to <laughs> circumvent the rule. Uh, <laughs> And that is, uh, one trade is Marcus Morris, Jaden Springer, and KJ Martin for Bruce Brown. And then uh, the second trade is Robert Covington plus <laughs> Firkin Korkmaz 
who is finally Lang- freed. Language, Jay. Language on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> they, they listen. Forkin, his his trade demand was finally, finally. Did you just say Forkin? So, <laughs> isn't it Furkin? It's Furkin. Yeah. 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 Furkin. Um, Furkin. So Robert Covington plus Forkin plus two second round oh, picks uh, for Gary Trent Jr. Uh, so the Sixers uh, add Gary Trent Jr. and Bruce Brown in exchange for, to, in my opinion, a bunch of contracts we were trying to get rid of uh, or, or willing to part with and two second round picks. Uh, I'm pretty stoked about that. Wow. I'm shocked, man. That's two trades in a row now that I'm shocked at the returns that, that were given up for these guys. What a move by the Sixers. Killer, killer move. I don't like like I I I didn't get the the big the big bulls one I was going for, but I feel like I feel like I got more or less what I was trying to do. And the cool part is that Gary Trent and Bruce Brown um, are both potentially uh, expirings. Gary Trent is like a full expiring, and Bruce Brown is a team option. So if I don't like how it looks, Philly still gets to do the cap space thing in the summer. Um, and but I feel like I've given Joe. I feel like I've given Joel like his second best opportunity at a championship besides that uh, that Jimmy Butler team. And I'm can I'm you, very can proud you of walk myself. through what the Sixers rotation is now after the trade? Yeah, yeah. So I wrote it out. So Tyrese Maxey. Uh, I mean, my thought, I guess, uh, starting lineup wise, is Tyrese Maxey, Gary Trent Jr., uh, and then either Kelly Oubre or Bruce Brown. And then Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, uh, but Batum potentially starting too. Um, so we've got Maxi Beverly, Melton, Gary Trent Jr., uh, Kelly Oubre, Daniel House, Tobias Harris, Bruce Brown, Nicholas Batum, Joel Embiid, Paul Reed. Feel pretty good about that. Great trade. So I want to understand it really from the interested. Raptor side too. Well, I was just going to. I think that my question about the Raptor side is I'm I'm just curious to see what Bruce Brown will actually fetch from a trade standpoint because you can pretty much guarantee that they're going to try to get off his contract is he going to be able to fetch uh first potentially i mean i don't i don't know i think that that team option makes it uh makes it an interesting proposal but dan talk about the raptor side of things yeah on the raptor side you know the raptors are in a fire sale essentially i didn't shop either of them too hard um for it <laughs> what are you laughing at jay <laughs> i was laughing at zach's reaction to what you were saying <laughs> yeah I was just, like, just like monty burns laughing over there or something um but yeah i think that the 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 return yeah I guess I could have I could have shot them like a, a little bit more, getting a little bit of of draft equity back, and then getting, um, getting the contracts back. Yeah, the sorry, my brain is not working very well. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's early on a Sunday morning, and I think this is a this is a microcosm of what it was like to work with Dan during trade week, which was like, hey, is so and so available? Oh no, he's been traded. We're 20 minutes into trade week. What? How is this person gone already? Do you want to listen to the offer that I have? Because it's pretty good. There were like, you get a player, you get a player, you get a player. So here, here's why I threw my hands up. 
Because Dan says the Raptors are in a fire sale. He accepts this deal. I offer him, I'm not, I'm not going to say it's a great trade or anything, but the Bucks were really trying very hard to get a wing defender, a wing or guard defender. And one of the few guys who had a small enough contract for me to go after was Jalen McDaniels on the Raptors. He's not even playing. He's not in their rotation at all. So I offered Bochamp and, and a second round pick and then filler. Bochamp is a good young player, better than any of the young yes, players. They just got in that he's, other deal. Damn. He's probably better than Jalen McDaniels. I offered this trade four different times throughout the week. Oh seeing if Dan gosh. would take it. <laughs> it's like three firsts or no deal. Dan, you know that that's Jalen McDaniels, right? Not Jaden McDaniels. Like, wait, I wasn't. I wasn't the GM oh, of the Timberwolves. Man. What? What? Oh man! Sure? All right. Well, for the sake of time, let's let's move on to uh to to my first trade. I'm trying to. I've got some. I've got some doozies, boys. That I I think I want to. Uh. Let's. I'm going to start with one that's a little bit lesser than some of the the the, the Woj bombs that I'm going to throw out here in a minute. But so let's talk about the Celtics for a minute. I only made one trade. Um, Zach and I were going back and forth uh, uh, via text on this. Like they're just really they're really hard to trade for anybody for because they they don't have contracts to trade other than their guys that they're that are part of their rotation that they're not going to trade like Al Horford and the starting five. I mean, Peyton Pritchard potentially, but I don't know what, I don't know how many takers there will be, there will be for him. So I ended up reaching out to the Sacramento Kings and made a trade for, so I traded Svi, Mikhailuk, Lamar Stevens, Delano Banton, and three seconds to Sacramento for Davion Mitchell. And here's my, here's my rationale. I thought, the Celtics, you know, their their identity, as much as they want it to be uh, just jack threes type of team all day long, their identity is defense. And I think adding a guy who is incredible on the defensive end of the floor, I think he still has room to grow offensively to bring off their bench. Um, and a rotation that, let's be honest, is, is pretty thin. They have probably the, the best starting five in the entire league, but I thought uh, I thought reaching out and getting a guy like Mitchell would be a, a nice a nice pickup for the Celtics. That's a good trade. Mitchell yeah, like has it. been very disappointing this year. I still count him as like a blue chip kind of piece, but he has not played well. So I think a change of scenery is actually really good for him. Uh, so it's a gr- it's a good trade. I wonder if they're going to miss Lamar Stevens as like their one bigger forward that they have off the bench. Brissett is more of a wing. Uh, Hauser, even though he's six foot eight, is like a two guard. So I, I, I think Lamar Stevens is a good player, and that one might be missed. Uh, but if if Mitchell can hit his potential in Boston, then you have like I don't know a Drew Holiday light or a Derek White light that you could uh, sort of have coming up behind them and learning from those guys. Yeah, that's just like waves of dogs to chase Dame around. Like that's. You know, that's that feels like part of the intention of the trade, and, and that Maxie. makes me unhappy. And Maxi, yeah, seriously, yeah. yeah. All right, Zach, let's go back over to you for your uh, your next trade. Well, I talked about the Bucks trying to get uh, Jalen McDaniels. They also looked at Davion Mitchell, made an offer for Alex Caruso. Uh, I I created trades. I don't know if I offered any of these, but I looked at like Gary Payton the uh, second, Alec Burks. 
Okeke, who we already talked about, just to try to find someone who could play some defense in the backcourt. But the guy I wanted the most outside of Alex Caruso, who I knew the Bucks didn't have enough to get, was Royce O'Neal. And at the deadline, right at the deadline of the deadline, 12 o'clock on the, on the money, uh, we traded Pat Connaughton, the 2024 Portland second, and their 2027 second for Royce O'Neal. Uh, it feels like giving up a lot when Connaughton and Royce O'Neal are like almost the exact same player, except one's better on offense, one better on de- one's better on defense. But I really wanted that defense. That's what the they desperately need. So I was willing to throw in the picks to get Jason over the over the line there. Yeah, I I made it clear to Zach when he first made the offer that I do not love Pat Connaughton and feel like I've never seen him make a shot in my life. I feel like I'm on record of that. But yep. uh, but <laughs> but uh but he I know that he is objectively a, a decent player and uh and I think it's actually one of the things I learned this week is how valuable it is to have dudes that make like nine, 10 million who are like rotation players. Cause that's really good for trades. So he has like two more years on his deal after that. I have him for three years. Um, that's good trade stuff. Um, and a couple second round picks. Sure. I mean, the nets Royce O'Neal is not part of the nets central strategy going forward, which was severely altered this week. We'll talk about that. Oh, we got some, we got some, uh, some big ones coming down the pike for the uh the nets well speaking of, i know i don't know if you want to jump right to the nets jay if you want to go with a different team but let's let's kick it over to you for your next trade i'm gonna i feel like i should let you do that that nets one uh that's a i feel like that's i don't know it's i guess it's bigger for me but you proposed it we will have a lot to talk about um i have one that i want to i want to hit you guys with um in part because i think it might be controversial but i'm not sure um I put this together like this was, I think it was one of the first trades I made with Dan. Um, the Portland Trailblazers, uh, going into the week, I was just like, get rid of the veterans, get any young players who are potentially intriguing, um, see what, see what we can have going forward. And I was very intrigued by one tall Timothy Chalamet looking Australian fellow. Uh, and so I traded. Malcolm Brogdon plus Boston's 2029 first round pick top 10 protected for Josh Giddy and Davis Bertans. And so what? <laughs> what? Dan, I, are you trying to hurt like us it. Thunder fans? <laughs> are you trying to hurt I us Thunder like fans? It. I like Malcolm Brogdon, but Josh Giddy for Malcolm Brogdon? What? Okay, I'll say like it is fair value in a vacuum. Like that's that's fine. Like Brogdon is a good player. I think Giddy's better than him, so there's a first round pick, it compensates, and you're able to get off Davis Burton's contract. Great in a vacuum. But Giddy, even with the issues he's had this year, he's he's gotten better. He's a very big part of that team. He offers them rebounding and defense. But playmaking on the other side, he's more like a point guard, even though he's six foot eight. That one just that one hurts. It's like you're breaking up a core when they're in the middle of a really good season for not much immediate return. <laughs> I'm just glad it wasn't DeAndre Ayton for Josh Kitty. I'm just gonna throw that out there. You're not gonna like my other front court moves, Pat, with with the Thunder, but no, I I, I stand by this one as far as like 
the the honestly a big a big influence in it was like seeing seeing the value like like the pick for for Giddy and moving off of off of Berton's contract like the honestly I was thinking about like chemistry issues that like even though OKC like is is doing like really good I think moving on from from Giddy after some pretty gnarly off the court stuff for a good really really good veteran and a really good locker room presence in Brogdon I was like yeah I'm gonna take that all right that's reasonable and again in a vacuum makes sense but I will say when you have 15 first round picks over the next four years or whatever it is another first round pick does not move the needle for me come on Presty another one another one (laughs) I will say I will say I fair you know I I the way I pitched him on it was Brogdon is a playoff proven guy. He'll help. Uh, he'll help help OKC. He can play with uh, SGA. But the way I pitched it myself was I like Giddy as like I like to, I want to see what Giddy's Giddy can do, and we're going to give him the ball in Portland uh, and see if he can kind of turn into our like kind of point forward. Uh, next to Scoot and Shaden Sharp and all of the other random players that I collected <laughs> via other trades this week, he's a really good he's a really good fit next to those guys. I think that's that's awesome for Portland. Yeah, it it is. It's not a, it's not a terrible trade, Dan. It just hurts as a Thunder fan. Yeah, mm-hmm. if I wasn't a yeah. Thunder fan, I'd probably feel differently. I just that that's why I said it was controversial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I can't wait till we get to the Jazz trades and uh, oh, Dan, Dan has to react real time. Well, Dan, let's kick it over to you for yeah. your, your next trade. Yeah, um, this is actually one. I, Jason and I were, were talking about this. We uh, the, the Lakers and, and Nets were involved in discussions for, for a while. And Jay said that he wanted to bring up. This is a trade that, that, did, that did not happen, actually. And so we were like, conflict of interest coming. <laughs> what? <laughs> no way. <laughs> No way. Let's leave it to let's leave trades that didn't happen to the end. Uh, oh, okay. Yes, okay. Like yes. honor honorable mentions. Good yeah. Call. Okay. Okay. Well, in in that case, let's do let's do the like if, if we were just talking about the thunder. Let's so the the other need and I'm I'm waiting for both <laughs> for both Pat and Zach to be like. Oh. I'm already shaking my head. <laughs> I don't even know what it's gonna be. So the the other immediate, or so I guess um, getting off of Giddy and getting off of Breton's contract. Well, not obviously getting off of Giddy is not a real thing for them. Getting off of Breton's contract is is a real thing. But aside from that, a big need is um, is a backup center, and so that was the uh, that was um, something to address with with everything. So I did uh, get a couple of front court players for for the thunder sorry let me pull up the actual so i can <laughs> make sure that i'm reading the right thing hey you remember the Is thing dan said at the very beginning <laughs> you remember the thing dan said at the very beginning about tyler hero i know what this next trade is and he definitely did it in this trade he traded the same player twice so let's hear it dan <laughs> let's hear the trade oh yeah i definitely did oh. <laughs> <laughs> take it I, I'm guessing it's Bertans. Yeah, it is. It's definitely Bertans. Hey, I think I made tra- I made my trade first. I think I get. I think I, I get giddy. I'm not. I'm, I'm not taking it back. Oh man, what's dumb about this is that there was. Um, okay, so the trade here it is. Is I got PJ Washington and Nick Richards for 
Dang it. <laughs> PJ Washington and Nick Richards for Davis Bertans. I don't want to say all these names wrong. Uh, gosh, Osmond Jang, uh, Aaron Wiggins, and two first-round picks. I mean, I like PJ so Washington. Trade... And I like Nick Richards. Yeah, yeah, this is a great trade. This is a great trade. I was the I was the Hornets. Got two first-round picks back, as well as the upside in in Jang, and I really like Aaron Wiggins as a rotation guy. So this is a good trade. But in the end, it sounds like it didn't happen actually, because let's just pretend like it <laughs> did. Bertans had already been traded. <laughs> My, the only my, downside my only... is that there are a lot of people asking about PJ Washington, and there yeah. was another trade with Pat that probably would have gone through. Poor Golden State Warriors, maybe I don't know what else you did. Uh, oh, I did for plenty PJ for the Washington. Warriors. Don't you worry. <laughs> this trade upstaged that trade, but it probably could have happened. So, yeah, my, two my first. Argument, I mean, it's pretty yeah. good. The the that again the the other thing that that got me on this because we had talked about just nick richards for for a bit but he um zach wanted well at least one first round right maybe even two first rounders for just nick richards um yeah one and i was like God, that's i just felt like one first rounder was was high for for a backup center i just i just couldn't get on that and you know <clears throat> imagining that davis Bertans was still available for this <laughs> Guys, I'm the freaking worst. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. We still love you. We, st- we still love you. That's all I ever needed to hear. Um, <laughs> no, and PJ Washington is another really good front court piece. Not exactly a a backup center, but someone who can also play with Chet. He's very flexible in in a lot of different lineups. And again, giving up another first round pick, getting off of Berton's contract. Um, and, and Aaron Wiggins, right? I didn't feel like Aaron Wiggins was a, a piece that I really needed to, to hold on to. So I felt like I addressed the needs and was, was fair value in, in exchange. Honestly, like, like the process was a little sketchy. I don't hate the result of like replacing Getty in this rotation with PJ Washington, right? Like he's a little bit more of like a three and D kind of guy, um, then, then Giddy, he doesn't need the ball as much as Giddy, I think, to like be effective. Um, so, all right, cool, it's fun. I think PJ is the perfect Thunder guy. Well, let's um, just for the sake of time, let's move to my next trade. I'm gonna go to the the Orlando Magic, who made one, I think, pretty big trade that I'm particularly stoked out of my mind about. This is Jay. This is the one that you and I made. So uh, the the Magic traded Gary Harris. Gary Harris is expiring. Joe Ingles, Denver's 2025 first, and or and Orlando's own 2025 top eight protected first for Anthony Simons. I I'm I'm super excited about this deal. I think this adds some scoring punch to the Magic that they desperately need. Simons is still really young. I think people have forgotten how good he is because he's somewhat wasting away in Portland. I actually don't think he's played a ton this season in Portland either. But to me, he's the, he's the perfect guy to put in a backcourt next to Jalen Suggs. If Anthony Black starts to come on, I think he has length to make up for Simon's defensive deficiencies, and they have so much length on the rest of the roster that uh, that his, his defensive uh, woes 
will be able to be hidden pretty easily. And he's one of the best three-point shooters uh, in the entire league. So I'm excited about this one. Man, I love this. I like hearing Simon. I don't know if you saw my face, but hearing Simon's on the magic, I was like, that's what the doctor ordered. That's what we're talking about. Like, I, I really, really like that because they don't have really any offensive punch from the from the guard position. And so that's like, ooh, very, very good. I honestly can't right. think of a more perfect, a more perfect uh, fit for the current magic squad based on age and everything than Anthony Simons. That is a fantastic move. Suggs is a defense first guy. Black is probably a defense first guy. And it's under the radar because the Trailblazers are terrible, but Simons is rating above above average on, on defense this year for the first time in his career. So he's not a wow. black hole there like you would have expected him to be. And in the last month, he's averaging like 28 points a game. And I think he won player of the week like two weeks ago. He's been like really, yeah, he's really amazing. good this last month. So that that is a great trade. And probably puts the magic firmly in the playoff conversation. He's that good. Yeah, I'll just say that uh, I I was going to trade Simons for whatever the best value I could get was. I was not going to make the same mistake again, trying to like make a Simons uh, scoot backcourt thing work going forward. Um, and two firsts and uh, and and Sally Filler felt pretty good. So, yeah. So your backcourt going forward is Scoot next to Giddy, basically. It's pretty good. Let me, yeah, well, yeah, and let me also just uh, lay out the re- the last trade that Portland made just to just to just to flesh out the rotation. Uh, Patrick Patrick took advantage of the Portland Trailblazers uh, fire sale as much as anybody, um, uh, and so this is probably more his trade than mine. But I'll just lay it out. Uh, the Jeremy Grant sweepstakes was won by the Indiana Pacers, uh, which I love for them. Uh, Buddy Heald, Jairus Walker, who I love, Isaiah Jackson, a 2028 unprotected first, and two more uh, second round picks uh, for Jeremy Grant, um, which is less picks than I planned on getting for him, but getting an unprotected first and Jairus Walker, who I see as like a, I mean, who is a took very advantage of Jay, Jay's love, yeah. his love for Jairus yeah. Walker. <laughs> but I also like, and that's exactly what Portland's trying to do, um, is get young players to plug in this rotation and see what we got. Uh, and I think he's a blue chip guy, especially in Portland where we just desperately need defense. Uh, so I basically feel like I spent a first round pick or two that I could have gotten otherwise uh, to get Jairus Walker. And I'm, I'm stoked about that. Yeah. This is obviously the Pacers pushing all their chips into the middle of the table. Um, and I, I searched far and wide for somebody to bring in to just kind of bolster that roster even more. And it was honestly pretty tough to come up with like what they actually need. My thought on Jeremy Grant is um, he's a good I think he's a good three-point shooter. He's developed himself into a good three-point shooter. He's super lengthy. He's a great defender. So he's going to add on that side of the court, again, that they desperately need. He's also a guy that can play uh, on or off the ball. So if you wanted to play him in your your second lineups, potentially, or with your, your bench a little bit, I think he could help run some of those lineups. But he's a guy that, you know, they have this slash and kick game. He's going to be able to hit from the outside. He's going to be able to take advantage of that. He's, he's a great cutter. Uh, I think Halliburton would find him 
you know, left and right open for threes and open on, on cuts. And I think when you had, when you have him, Siakam, Miles Turner is kind of that, that, uh, that, that big, that can still shoot Halliburton. Like there's going to be plenty of space for them to play with. And, uh, I thought this was a, a good move where, you know, especially with a guy like Jairus Walker, I really like Jairus Walker, but I just, I can't see Carlisle playing him anytime soon. So it didn't feel like too much to to give up for a guy of Jeremy Grant's uh, quality. I'm really interested because Jeremy Grant and Pascal Siakam seem to be like the same position, same role, same fit. Grant's a little bit better shooter, whereas Siakam's better uh, everywhere else around the court. So I, I I guess I want to hear what's the what's the Pacers rotation now? Are you keeping Neesmith in the starting lineup and moving him down to the two and having like an ultra long lineup with Grant at the three? Yeah, that that would be the thought. I mean, losing Buddy Heald's shooting I think hurts, but he is basically a zero on defense. So I think you you basically swap out three point shooting for a little bit more defense, a little bit more length. I think you go Halliburton, who's already a gigantic point guard, next to Neesmith. Then you have Jeremy Grant. Pascal Siakam, Miles Turner. I think there's enough spacing on the team for Halliburton to continue to do what he does, for Siakam to do what he does. Um, and then again, I think Carlisle can find a way to like to stagger these guys too, to where you always have one of Siakam, Jeremy Grant, or Halliburton on the court at all times. And I actually really like their, I like their their bench too. I I uh, I think TJ McConnell is actually pretty underrated. I was looking at some of his stats. Um, He's good, man. He's good. He doesn't look like he should be good, but their their bench is actually better than I would have expected. So I do think it's a good point about Grant and Siakam being a little bit redundant, but I think they're they're good enough at what the opposite is maybe lacking a little bit that their length in combination, especially on defense, I would be excited about. Yeah, that team is going to wreak havoc uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I'll go ahead and throw out my next trade because. My strat. This is for the Atlanta Hawks, and my strategy for them was interesting. I kind of waffled on whether to sell or buy, and one of the first trade offers I made was trying to acquire Jeremy Grant, uh, and I think you ended up taking the better deal. Mine was like two first-round picks and DeAndre Hunter, so even though there are more picks, getting Jarris Walker back in that deal I think is more worth it than getting a first-round pick. He's I think he has a very high ceiling. Uh, and he could be good in a, in multiple of different ways. So I pivoted away from that and I, as the Hawks, and I started thinking about selling. What am I going to do? I got a lot of calls about DeJounte Murray and the trade that I ended up landing on. I did move Murray, but it wasn't exactly a sell. So this was the trade. I traded DeJounte Murray, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and Patty Mills to the Golden State Warriors for Clay Thompson, Jonathan Kuminga, 2026 first and a 2028 top eight protected first. So it was very interesting. I didn't think Pat would, uh, would, it's actually Pat that made this offer. I didn't think he would offer uh, Clay uh, in this way. And we've talked about Clay a lot this year. He does look like he's kind of cooked. But the reason it was enough for me to, to be willing to move DeJounte in this deal is I wanted to bring someone with that veteran leadership and championship pedigree to play with a guy like Trey and see if I can kind of mold that skill set that Trey has into a real winner, uh, show these guys how to play. And then, but the big, the big kicker for me was Kuminga. I'm with Zach Lowe. I'm still definitely on the Kuminga train. And I thought like, okay, I make this trade. 
what's the worst outcome? I have two first round picks, but I lose Murray. But for first for two first round picks, that's probably worth it. I can uh, let Clay Thompson go. He's a massive expiring that I could replace going after another big name to play next to Trey. And if I ended up wanting to sell because it just doesn't work with Trey and I and I trade Trey, I can build around Okongwu, Kuminga, and Jalen Johnson. It's a pretty good start there. So that was my thought. What do the Warriors think? Yeah. So I mean, I've I've been on this train for the entire season um and last night's performance by Steph going for 60 and them still losing to the Hawks which is a little bit poetic given the trade that we just went through um Steph needs help Steph deserves help he's still playing at a really really high level and I just feel like somebody like DeJounte Murray I think is a good fit next to him again we've talked a lot about his his sort of lack of defense this season but I think he still has it in him you put him with a guy like Draymond who can kind of bring that dog out of him again I think that uh and he's a guy that you know can do a lot with the the ball in his hands so you put him with Steph I just think he provides more juice on offense than Clay does right now at this point obviously parting ways with Clay is, is is very painful for everybody in the Bay. I'll be interested to see what the Warriors do in real life, but I also am a huge Bogdanovich fan. So being able to bring him in, he just, I, I don't, he, he strikes me as like a Warriors guy. Like I think that Steve Kerr would love having him on the team. That dude is a, he's a dog. Like he's, he's much better than I think he uh, has gotten credit for on this Atlanta team, but he's somebody that you could bring in. Um, you could have him in closing lineups. You could bring him off the, I mean, I think he would come off the bench for sure, but he could bolster some of those bench lineups too, some of those bench minutes. And, uh, and so I just think this gives them a better chance to actually compete than what they have uh, on the roster right now, which is uh, clearly not enough. Kaminga, that one hurts a little bit. He's been coming on lately. Like he's been playing really, really well. I just think when you have a guy like Steph, you can't wait. Steph's like 35 years old. You can't wait around for somebody like Kaminga to develop into what he's going to be. You need to you need to pounce on the opportunity to trade him for something that's going to help that roster right now. As a as someone who has historically appreciated the Warriors, I love that move. I love I love Clay. I love it for, for both teams really because like if, I think it's fun to see Clay next to the guy that was like billed as the the heir to be Steph to see if he can teach him to be Steph. Um, and the Warriors are certainly better, certainly a lot better, and. Uh, and Murray and uh, and Bogdanovich are are both under contract at least for another uh, few years, right? So you've kind of got your like new core remade. Uh, that's really good for Steph. Um, I, I I'm fascinated because you traded Kaminga and we also traded Moses Moody. You have given up on the two timelines, my guy, and I appreciate it. Good for you. Yeah, I've been on that train for a while. It's 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 time. I don't. I, Jay, do you want to talk about that trade, or do you want me to just dive into the other Golden State trade? Uh, just just throw that one out uh, yourself. I don't think there's like that. I don't think it's like that juicy. It's not huge. But... Yeah. So so the Warriors traded Moses Moody, Gary Payton the second, Charlotte's twenty twenty five second, and Atlanta's twenty twenty eight second for Kelly Olynyk and Chris Dunn from the Utah Jazz. So I'll just talk about it from the Warriors standpoint real quick. They need size, man. If you if you watch them, they're just a very small team. And again, I think Kelly Olynyk is the type of guy that would would flourish in a Warriors style offense. I think he's a, a pretty he's a more cerebral play, player than I think he gets credit for. Um, 
great at moving the ball, great shooter, uh, you know, at least hustles on defense, even if he's not the, the greatest defender. And then Chris Dunn, I just felt like giving up Gary Payton the second, who candidly is just, he never plays, man. He's never on the floor for a guy like Chris Dunn, who um, has developed quite a bit in Utah. And I think is still one of, if not the best on ball guard defender, maybe in the entire league, you put him, I think he can play next to Steph. I think he can play um, potentially next to DeJounte. Like he's a guy that you could probably bring off the bench as kind of a Swiss army knife type of guy to guard your John ja Morant's and some of those other, you know, quick point guards in the, uh, in the West. Yeah. The, the, uh, the jazz motivation here is very clear. Uh, get Moses Moody, just get another young player, see what he's got um, to, to plug into that rotation. Um, this was actually the only trade the jazz made this week after uh, all of the talk about uh, all of the, the picks and the different players that was that were potentially on this on the trading block. Dan, jazz fan, what you got? What do you think? The I the giving up Olenek is is sort of the same way that you felt about Giddy, where like you know not the most important player on the team, but also somebody that really makes the second unit offense uh, whoa, whoa. gel. Giddy is very important to what the Thunder do. Yeah, but he's not the most important player on the Thunder. Well, yeah, that's Josh clear. Giddy, yeah. Kelly Olynyk, they're pretty equal in, <laughs> in value. Look, hey, you you knew exactly what you were getting when I when I started <laughs> to open my mouth. But like, and while he's not important to again, like Olynyk obviously is not like bringing the same sort of value. But somebody who, when he's on the floor, like I'm not worried, and I think that that's something. Um, and so, like, getting getting Moody back is like. I think it's fine. Um, the Jazz definitely do need some some punch at at, at the guard position. Um, you know, they have a lot of the same sort of player where with like Sexton and Clarkson and Keontae George isn't the same type of player, but he's f- fulfilling the same role. And so getting, but they also don't really have like a shooting guard either. And so Moody in that sense is 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 interesting and honestly probably probably fair value for what you gave up. And so you know I don't love it, but I don't hate it either. Dan, I'm surprised you didn't trade a uh, uh, Giddy and a thousand first round picks for Lowry Markinen. That was actually that was that was one of the first uh, things that I inquired about. And and to and to Jay's credit, he was like, "Look, just of you know, a ton of picks isn't is not what the Jazz are looking for 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 Markin, and you need you need to throw something in there." And I did, and nothing that I didn't feel great about offering like any of the other players for for Markin. I was just like, I I don't know, like it, in terms of getting players with meat on the bone for Markin, and I just felt like the juice wasn't worth the squeeze. I I comedically threw out. Uh... Mobley for Markinen to Jay, but it did, or sorry, yeah, yeah, Evan Mobley for Markinen didn't didn't go through, but we had a good laugh about that. I think over text. Oh, my God. you, you didn't take that one, Jay. We were like mostly joking about it. I probably wouldn't have actually pulled the trigger on the cap side. Yeah, it was. I think it was mostly a jest. It was kind of a quick conversation that we moved on quickly into other because things, of the so trade I, that we made because of the trade that we yeah. made which it'll make it'll make a little bit more sense yeah um, that's a that's a buckle up trade for sure while we're on the topic i'll say that i also made an offer for markinen that was jabari smith uh and two two first round picks and two second round picks the jazz told me that they were in a win now they were trying to build for winning and that's why we weren't we weren't doing it 
But I, I was a yeah, little bit Dan, surprised. I feel like Jabari would have I know. Like Reunite the Auburn teammates, there. dude. Jabari Smith and uh, Walker Kessler. <laughs> I know. I, I, I did a lot of big talk the last few months about, about potential Larry Marketing uh, availability before I was actually controlling the team. And when I took over the team, I was just like, I got to get. I got to get value on my end or it's no deal. You know, you were like Danny Ainge, like so strangely powerful. <laughs> oh my gosh. Jason sits in the chair. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, why would I, why would I, why do I exist if I'm the Utah jazz and I'm giving up like the one, like young all-star te- player that I have under contract for many years? Like why, why would I do that? Like, yeah. Um, uh, my plan, the 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 uh, the the original Jazz plan, uh, not getting too much into hypothetical trades that didn't happen, but was to try to pair Darius Garland and, uh, with Larry Markkinen going forward. Mm. Um, I would have <laughs> I would have given up Keontae George to do it, uh, but that fell apart. It was a three teamer. Uh, but while we're talking about Darius Garland, Patrick, do you want to take over from here? I do want to take over from here. Everyone, everyone, hold on to your butts. <laughs> Buckle up. Oh, boy. This, oh is boy. A, this is a big one. So Jay and I had a lot of discussions um, between the, the Cavaliers and the Brooklyn Nets uh, for this one. And obviously, Mikhail was the first person that I was going after. Jay, to his credit, was was firm in his stance that he did not want. And I hope I, I hope we don't find out right now that he actually did trade uh, Mikel. I don't think that's the case because I think he wanted to pair these guys together. But uh, I ended up trading Darius Garland, which, again, pains me deeply, uh, and Dean Wade, which maybe pains me even more, uh, for to the Brooklyn Nets for Cam Johnson, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Phoenix's 2025, 2027, and 2029 unprotected first round picks my rationale because i think losing garland really really hurts but this run that cleveland went on the last six weeks with garland out to me just solidified that i just think that what what garland and donovan mitchell bring to the table is not it just doesn't fit super well together and um I think Cleveland, if they were to trade anybody, I don't think they'll get rid of Garland. So I just want to, I just want to throw that out there. But from a sort of team construction standpoint, I think adding DFS and Cam Johnson to this roster, they fit in so both of those guys, I think, fit in so well with the current roster. When you throw them out there with guys like Mobley, Jared Allen, Donovan Mitchell, um, Struess, I think that there's a lot of like plug and play guys uh, on the roster. And then my thought would be if Cleveland gets all three of those unprotected, I mean, to me, those are juicy, juicy picks from Phoenix, especially when you start to think about the ones that are further out, you package those together and go get somebody else that you potentially need. And you really, you, you, you take a run for, you know, the, at least the Eastern conference finals with the squad. Hopefully that's enough to get Donovan to, to stay. He seems to be pretty happy right now, but that was my thinking on the, uh, on the Cavs side. I think the Brooklyn side is obviously pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, I think it's a sl- I think it's a slam dunk for the Cavs, and I think I went out a- out on a little bit of a limb to do this. Uh, but Brooklyn needs a direction, man. We need a direction, and we need something to build around. And for me, building around Darius Garland, Mikel Bridges, 
uh, as like the the core and being like closish in age and in progression in their careers. Uh, that I think I I am a huge believer in Darius Garland. I am excited to see what more he can do when he's not next to Donovan Mitchell. And I feel like he's exactly the kind of player that Mikel Bridges has needed to play next to since he left Phoenix to kind of unlock everything he could do. Uh, have a guy handle the ball, create for him, run the offense. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I mean, I the way I justified the price to myself is I basically just traded Kevin Durant for... Mikel Bridges and Darius Garland. And like, that feels good to me. Like, I mean, more or less, right? So yeah, that's, I mean, I don't think, I hope that none of those Phoenix picks turn out to be like too, too good. But, um, but I have my core, it's relatively young. Um, and then we can kind of uh, build around those two guys. I'm pretty stoked. Uh, it feels like a lot for Garland. It's definitely... I was really good value that. for the Cavs. It's really interesting when the Cavs are so close and yet they're not a contender. They have all the all the talent to be a contender, but just not the right fit. So I, I understand it from, from that point. I am noticing a theme here in Pat's trades, though, is that he likes really big lineups. Because this team now is Donovan Mitchell, who's not huge, but he's like a 6'3 point guard now. And then Cam Johnson, who's like 6'9. Kenny Smith, who's like 6'8. Oh, 6'1, yeah. So it's the six like nine, six eight, <laughs> and then like two seven footers at the or Mobley's almost seven foot at the, at the bigs. Like that is a huge team, and the Pacers team you built a huge team. So Pat Pat really likes the length here. Little Sam <laughs> Presti Jr. I I do as long as it fits together, right? Like I think that there are times where you when you when you have too much length, it can get a little clunky. I just think because of DFS and Cam, like what they can do from a, a shooting standpoint, it fits in really well. And Donovan, I, I think he needs to be surrounded by length in order to thrive. Um, so yeah, I'm guilty as charged. I'll also say I didn't trade Ben Simmons. And now I'm kind of curious what the rest of the season could be. Like if, if Ben Simmons actually plays, um, uh, Darius Garland, uh, Mikel Bridges and Ben Simmons and Nick Claxton is like pretty intriguing to me. Um, I don't know if it, it's I don't know if it's like making the playoffs or anything potentially, but uh, and I, th- I think we need an off season to kind of like shore back up the role players. But I like that core potentially, especially with the shooting. And Pat Connaughton, he's in that he's in that mix too. <laughs> he sure is. He sure Pat, is. He's probably he's... never hit a shot, Connaughton. <laughs> Plus Cam Thomas, who I also did not trade. Oh yeah, I tried <laughs> okay. to trade him. Okay, wait. Are we going? Are, are we doing? Uh, are we doing trades that didn't happen now? Let's let's see if there's I think any. We still left. have a couple more. Okay, I have. I, have, I mean, I have, a, I have a couple that I made that are smaller. Yeah, I have some smaller you... ones, and and I have a I, I have one. The, the the first trade of the season where <laughs> apparently I dealt Tyler Hero. <laughs> yeah, we need to talk about times. that one. Let's talk about that one, Dan. Go go ahead yeah. and talk about the first part, and then I'll talk about the second part. Yeah. Okay. So. This trade, what? Well, oh wait, I, I was actually. This is the Wizards trading the... trading away hero. Yeah, yeah. Then we'll no, talk no, no, about no. the Heat. Yeah. Oh okay. wait. So we're we're gonna do the Wizards do trading away hero. Yeah, I was thinking of doing me and Zach's first, and then yours and mine. Well, then let me announce this one because okay, because yeah, this yeah, is yeah. my this was my big trade of the week. This is what I consider to be my most impactful trade. So. 
obviously the Heat traded Tyler Hero, along with Caleb Martin, Nikola Jovic, the 2029 unprotected first, and a 2026 pick swap. Oh, and a Lakers 20, a 2026 pick swap, and the Lakers 2026 second for Kyle Kuzma and Tyus Jones. Oh yes. So my, <laughs> my reasoning there was like I'm trying to strike gold one more time with playoff Jimmy. I honestly considered trading him maybe for the first time. Uh, he's he's 34 years old, I believe. Uh, he hasn't been as good this year, but he, he is never as good in the regular season. But I felt like with this deal, I could recoup the assets if I needed to in the future by moving Kuzma again and and maybe trading Butler in the playoffs if if like this didn't work out. But I brought in Tyus Jones because they need someone who can steady the ship. They just brought in Rozier, who I think is redundant with Tyler Hero. So I didn't need Hero anymore. And under the radar, not only is Tyus Jones a great floor general, but he's shooting 40% from three. Kyle Kuzma shooting like 38% from three. So that's two shooters. It kind of changes the, the way the offense can run. And Kuzma's big enough to play the four, guard some of those bigger wings. I think our defense is going to be elite if Rozier is able to get back to his Boston form. Um, and then I'll also throw out that I traded Thomas Bryant for Javon Carter to give me a point guard off the bench because losing Lowry, trading hero, I didn't have very many point guards left on the roster. So I brought him in as a bench guy, which gives me Hawkes, Carter, Duncan Robinson, Hayward Highsmith, and Kevin Love off the bench. So I felt like I had a really solid 10 to go into the playoffs and see if Jimmy can, can uh, show the magic one more time. Love it. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I think I, I, you basically traded like 85% of the, of like what the Dame offer was for Kyle Kuzma and, and Tyus Jones. I, I think it's great. I love, I love Kuz on the heat. I love that yeah. move. I, I think he'd be, I definitely he, felt I like I slightly, I slightly overpaid, but I knew that if I didn't do it, Kuz is probably going to be very attractive and there are going to be lots of, offers so i wanted to just lock it in this was the first trade i made first day uh, i think it may have been the first trade that happened for the whole week so yeah i was i was stupid enough on friday to think kuz might still be available <laughs> so i tried to get him for philly in addition to gary trent jr and chris nice. brown but yeah. uh he was clearly off the off the board by then <laughs> yeah kuz kuz um did get some there were there were some pretty good offers for kuz like later in the week but again, to to Zach's credit, he gave maybe you know if I couldn't refuse, man. I I got to work on my Brando. Um, just like, right, like if if I had shopped Kuz um individually, um, then maybe I could have fetched like a, a little bit more from them. But Kuz and, and Jones together, and the thing is, like Hero is still a good player. Caleb Martin is a good player. So something that Zach and I talked about was Martin is maybe most valuable on the Heat where Spo can can leverage Martin and, and that type of player is like the most important. But I still liked Martin as a as a player and oh gosh, Jovic um was is still like he's 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 not incredible, but I liked the players that I got back. I liked the equity that I got back. I felt like it was just it was yeah, it, it felt like a good trade to me too. Can I just say really quick I'm like I'm already preemptively grossed out by the friendship between Jordan Poole and Tyler Hero. <laughs> Well, you won't have to worry about that because Tyler Hero's oh, not staying in Washington. Oh, yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's not, not, he's not staying in Washington. And but Jay, this this trade's probably gonna probably gonna hurt you a little bit as a as a as a Pistons lover. Um 
So <laughs> the Pistons traded Joe Harris, Jaden. As I'm saying this, this feels like this feels like too much. But Jaden Ivy and Jason's beloved Marcus Sasser for Tyler Hero. Here's my rationale. Okay, before you guys roast me for this one, <laughs> they were there's rumors that the Pistons have been wanting to go after Zach Levine. To me. Tyler Hero is basically a version of Zach Levine for cheaper. He's younger. He's I don't know if he's bigger, but I in my mind he's he's bigger than Zach Levine. I just think like Kate Kate needs is it close? <laughs> I thought Tyler Hero's like six five, isn't he? I it's close. It's, I don't I think, think it's like he six has five five length. But yeah. so athleticism. But. I think I think Tyler Hero has become actually underrated. And I think the Pistons need they just need more juice offensively. They need more shooting. To me, he's one of the best shooters in in the league, and I think he can be even better as a spot-up guy. So put him next to Cade, who's a giant point guard. Uh, again, I just I, I like what Hero could potentially bring to them offensively. Defensively is a little bit of another story, but Jaden Ivey, like, I just... And I don't I don't honestly know enough about Marcus Sasser. I haven't watched his... I'm not familiar with his game uh, to, to know whether he's going to be a good long-term fit or not on that roster. But I think going forward with, and, and Jaden Ivey, I, I love, but I'm not convinced that Cade and Jaden Ivey as your backcourt is feasible long-term, especially offensively from a shooting perspective. So you bring in Hero, you've got Hero next to Cade, you've got Asar Thompson still, you've got Jalen Duran. Um, again, lots of length. I think more shooting, more offense, more offensive punch, and that's why the Pistons made the trade. I like it. I I don't hate it. It's it is weird to give up Ivy, who I who who I believe you announced during the week was one of Detroit's untouchables. Um, I did, but uh, <laughs> I went back, went back <laughs> on my own. Uh... <laughs> uh, but here, I think Hero is a good is decent is a decently good fit with Cade. Um, see if we can like work him off screens and stuff. And yeah, I I don't hate it. Um, Detroit needs to change something. Cade is definitely the kind of player that Hero needs to be next to. Doesn't work to be next to another offensive or or small and or small uh, point guard. I think Hero's better as a two guard, so it makes sense. I feel like Ivy's upside is higher. You might be right that the fit with with Cade might might not work. That the two guard, uh, like to have your two all stars be guards is always has always been tough. We've seen it in like Portland. Jason talked about that that earlier. But well, it feels like a lot for a rebuilding team to give up like one of their all-star potential guards. You know, it was. I don't know what they would have oh, given sorry. up for Zach Levine. I you know I doubt that they would have actually included any of their blue chip guys. But um, he's just so expensive, man. He's got so much time left on his contract. Just felt like Tyler Hero was a better contract. Yeah, fit I like too, Hero more than Levine. Absolutely. I like here this is so distance, much better yeah. than if you had traded for Levine, dude. So much yeah, better. I agree. But it's great for the Wizards. That's a good trade, man. Picking up Jaden Ivey at this point in their rebuild to put next to Kulabali. That's great. Yeah, Kulabali, Wizards did Kulabali. good. Wizards did good, Dan. What's interesting is that so Pat's first offer was um Ivy and Harris for for Tyler Hero. And I was like, just like flipping hero for Ivy was essentially how I looked at it, right? And then obviously there's there's the Joe Harrison. But I was like, ah, Joe Harris isn't isn't doing anything for like for this. And it it just it felt like 
it, it, for, for me, like thinking about it, I was like, why would I do this? Like, do I really, do I really want Ivy over hero? Like as a player, that's sort of how, how I was thinking about it. So I was like, yeah, I kind of waffled on it. And then Pat threw in Sasser and I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I like Sasser. Um, we can see I just really want to do something for the Pistons, man. They need to do I'm something. I'm glad that I, I'm glad that I talked Sasser enough to make him like a meaningful throw in. <laughs> that was, that was nice. I do. I think it definitely I'm, is. Yeah, that was yeah, well negotiated like for you to hold out for for Sasser because I think I think you definitely had the value in in Ivy. Ivy is I think is definitely mm-hmm. worth a player like Hero, but mm-hmm. to, to be able to hold out and and get the other side to put in another another little asset there, it's great. Yeah, yeah. Zach Zach taught me this week that a good trade should hurt, and this one and this one hurts a little bit. Um, also, just real quick, the the Pistons also traded uh, Boyan Bogdanovich to. The San Antonio Spurs for Julian Champagny. I don't know how I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Doug McDermott in Atlanta's 2025 first round pick. So I wanted to get, I mean, selfishly, I wanted to get Wemby some actual adult help. Somebody that could uh, could actually produce semi-winning winning basketball. Budanovich has another year on his deal. So I think it's a good, good trade for the Spurs and then for... The Pistons, uh, you don't need a guy like Bogdanovich on a team that's been horrendous this year. And I think picking up, a, 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 in my opinion, a pretty good first for him is is a good pickup. Yeah, it's a good trade on both sides. I'm glad the, the Spurs were able to get something done. And he fits really well next yeah. to next to Wemby. Um, are we in the like uh, rapid fire out the rest of the little trades part of the conversation? I think we should I, be because Dan has to jump yeah. off in a minute and he's got our mud pie moment. So... So let's let me throw out the fire. last. Let me throw out the last two that I made. Uh, the only the only trade I was able to make for the Pelicans because I just decided we got to see this thing out until the off season is uh, I traded Cody Zeller and a 2026 top ten protected first round pick for the Wizards Corey Kispert uh, to add another uh, shooter <laughs> uh, rotation player for the for the Pelicans. I did. I, I did like a deep dive on Zion and BI's fit uh, uh, together. I did like the, the two man lineup data versus the Pelicans lineup data for the last like four <laughs> years. I did BI versus Zion's on offs to try to figure out if I should trade one of them. Uh, I ended up just deciding to stick with it, but just like add a little piece to help out. And then uh, really quick, my favorite, my favorite, like, deep cut trade that I made, which is the last trade, trade I made. The Phoenix Suns traded Bull Bull for <laughs> Xavier Tillman from the Memphis, Memphis Grizzlies. Oh my god! Which I think actually really helps Phoenix. Yes, I trade. really That's like good. a really yeah. good trade. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Everyone loves Thank the idea was- of Bull Bull, but he's like not that good. <laughs> so... Xavier Tillman is like good. A one and month stretch last year. Yeah. yeah, Tillman is good. Tillman that is, is good. A, that is a great front court uh, pickup yeah. for the Suns. Good Nurkic insur- yeah. insurance, which Thank you. Phoenix needs yeah. desperately. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, my last trade that I made was for the Minnesota Timberwolves. My one strategy with with them was to get a rotation quality wing to bolster the offense. Um, and so I ended up trading Shake Milton, Troy Brown, and three second round picks for Karis LeVert who I think gives them a nice offensive boost off the bench. Uh, you know, it was really hard to see what to do. They don't have very many assets because they traded everything for Rudy Gobert, of course. Uh, and so I looked for a lot of different guys and ways to get this offense in there. 
And I was actually rather surprised when, when Pat accepted this trade. It gives uh, Cleveland back a little bit of depth, but uh, it really, I think it really helps out what, uh, what the Timberwolves need, which is some offense. Yeah, I just, I mean, I, I'm not the biggest Levert guy. I just think he's an inefficient, inefficient scorer off the bench. And I just think that the cat, the rest of the Cavs rotation guys that they have can make up for what they potentially lose offensively and getting a few second round picks, especially if we're bringing in, you know, Cam Johnson, DFS, like I, we're adding more pieces sort of uh, that, that can make up for potentially what we lose in, in Karis Levert. So I love the Kispert pickup for New Orleans. I, I actually, I think Kispert's good. Again, the Wizards are horrendous this season, but I think he's a guy that's got that's got good, like solid role player upside for sure. Yeah, which is why I felt like the first round pick, like the the protected first round pick, was pretty good value for for Kispert coming back. We're like, yes, I do, I do like Kispert, but he's also not, you know, lighting nets on fire or anything. So I felt like that was pretty good. And you know, it's never bad to have a Zeller. <laughs> I don't think that's the lesson to learn from Charlotte the last 10 years, but <laughs> you tell him, Dan. You tell that's him. a really good shirt. That's a really good shirt idea. Dan, this has been a, just another fire podcast from you. Oh, just just everything. We've laughed. We've cried. Pat told me he loves me. He, finally. She, it had everything. Had everything. Uh, all right. Well, let's let's go ahead since Dan has to jump off. Give us a give us a juicy mud pie moment of the week to ride off into the sunset with. Yeah, absolutely. Wait, really quickly, I will make a couple minutes. We at least need to talk about me and Jay's uh Lakers Lakers Nets uh d- d- discussions and and ask a quick question. And I I really do have a mud pie. I'm not just stalling to to think of one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's okay. talk about so it. So let me let me yeah. just li- lay it out real quick. Uh I eventually offered uh <laughs> Dor- I-, I offered Dorian Finney Smith and uh and Cam Thomas for and you can no, no, correct no, Cam- me, Dan. I thought it was or- Cam Johnson. No, it was Cam yeah. Thomas. It was it was Cam Thomas, okay. Yes, it was Dorian Finney-Smith and Cam Thomas for D'Angelo Russell, and I believe it was a, it was first the twenty twenty nine first. Yeah, and Dan said that that was like I was like going like I was like helping the Lakers too much with that trade. Is that like would that have been vetoed? Was I am I am I crazy here? I think that's like decent. D'Lo's been great. It's first round pick, like. DFS Dude, getting and, a first I that that first round pick is juicy in my opinion. And if you're trying to get rid of DFS anyway, that I don't know. Like can't, can't This Thomas. was obviously before uh the Darius Garland deal. Um but I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I I, I like it's not crazy. I wouldn't uh, but Dan was like Dan was thought I was operating in bad faith like to give the Lakers <laughs> those players <laughs> that the that the T that the commissioner would have vetoed it. I want to hear. I, it, it, was, I, it was just that. DFS and Cam Thomas. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think it's that far off. No. The, I mean, Danger my... Russell played really good in Brooklyn. So they'd probably feel like would be, would feel excited to have him back. Fans would probably be excited. His one all-star season was there. Surprise playoff run, you know, I felt like it was capitalizing on, uh, D'Lo's, like recent like if if this trade had been offered in like november sure. 
I, you know, sure, it'd yeah. be like, like, Definitely. what are you, like, what are you talking about? And so with this one, I was like, uh, like, like again, from, from the Lakers perspective, I was thinking like, great camp, like Cam Thomas and DFS is like exactly what the doctor ordered. Um, but you know, I was like, uh, it didn't, it didn't feel, it didn't sit quite right with me. Lakers I also really need of another interest. power forward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They don't have enough. Uh, I tried to trade Wendell Carter Jr. And Jonathan Isaac and, to the Thunder for for Dan, but he was not having it. Yeah, that one. Well, I had already had, you know, I had already dealt Davis Bertans twice for uh, some really good pieces. <laughs> why not do it a third time? <laughs> why, why not? What's 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 one more? <laughs> but the the I was a, a little disappointed. I was like, oh, Isaac and, and Wendell Carter Jr. would have been really nice, a really nice front court. Um, I think Richards and, and PJ Washington is is also really good, so I wasn't too disappointed. But I was like, oh, like I was I was a little bit like that. That would have been good for the Thunder as well. I guess while we're just going down on the hypothetical rabbit hole, I'll just uh, for for Zach and I, there was a lot of conversation about cats in New Orleans, and just couldn't settle Whoa. on the just couldn't settle on the price. Um, the hold up, the hold up was. Uh, Original offer had Dyson Daniels as the main player with three first round picks. I wanted Trey Murphy instead of Dyson Daniels, but I still wanted the three picks because the if I'm trading Cat, he's like the one piece that might be traded eventually by the Timberwolves who can recoup the value that they lost in the Gobert trade. So I wanted value both with players mm. so I could continue to win and picks. And understandably, it was too steep for Jason to go. For for towns, uh, but it it was fun. It was fun while it lasted, and then Bogdanovich was going to be roped <laughs> into that in the third yep. team deal. So I bring back Trey Murphy and 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 uh, Boyan. It's interesting. Trey's good, man. Trey's really good. I'm a big Trey Murphy guy, so I I I agree, Jay, with you not not agreeing to the trade. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. I got so Dan, mud pie it up. Yep. If okay, you've go. got a second. Yep. If you okay. have a mud pie. So, <laughs> one's been brewing. Okay. So we all know that three is a magic number. And so now I'm going to talk about a number that was magical and is no longer magical anymore. So in the previous like four decades, um, anytime a player scored 60 points or more. His team only lost, I think, three times in the last four decades was the stat I saw. In the past, what, 10 days, seven days? I'd have to go look at the exact dates. But in the very recent, there have been three players to score 60 points or more, and their teams have lost. That's Carl Anthony Towns with 62, Devin Booker with 62, and Steph Curry with 60 last night. Um scoring 60 points or more and their teams are terrible and so i'm kind of stealing a little bit from chris finch's rant about cat and about being selfish and and respecting the game but i also think that there is something to just jacking like it's it's not just like jacking up a lot of shots because obviously players can score a lot of points and, and their teams win that's that's the goal but i think that there's something to this right there's this big conversation about scoring explosions and scoring inflation and and things like that. it's crazy that over like over four decades that's only happened 
like three times and now in in the really recent like past in the last week or so three players have scored over 60 points and their teams have lost and what's what's going on i i don't know but it's definitely indicative of the at least for steph and the warriors that was the one right in the group chat everyone was going like man warriors this there's there's maybe no snap this time i think they've they snipped and i think uh i think they're done but the the <laughs> also what's interesting this is this is something i'm just thinking of right now i've actually witnessed devin booker score 60 points and lose in a game that was um a few years ago when, when they came and played on the jazz but 60 points sorry you've you've lost your mojo you've lost uh you you've lost your magic. You're no longer a magic number, and that is my mud pie moment of the week. Is this the first time that a that a that a concept has received the mud pie? That that <laughs> like like a, it was not given to a person or a, or 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 a physical entity. I mean, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a real, I think so. It's a mud pie floating around in the, in the theoretical headspace. Yeah. Man, the mud breaking pie new ground, man. But it's no, but it's nowhere. Yeah. He's playing we're chess. We're way. playing checkers. We're working our way through Plato's forms as we get deeper and deeper into basketball analysis. Oh my we're, uh, we're getting closer, the smartest. Closer to the that is the smartest joke that's ever been told on this podcast. <laughs> It no question. Be, it will be the smartest joke <laughs> maybe ever until until Zach tells another joke. Zach's too. Yeah, I'm like Plato. Yeah, my kids my kids play with Plato all the time, man. It's really it's really good. It's great <laughs> art supply. It's <laughs> uh, oh, analytics, man. dude. This is analytics at its finest. This Seriously. is the positive side of analytics. That actually like is what analytics was supposed to be. It was like this <laughs> math talk, whatever. <laughs> Gosh, I feel like this episode really was the full Danalytics experience. Everything we wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is right. beautiful. Everything I hoped it would be. Thank you guys for coming prepped. Thanks for another amazing uh, trade week, and can't wait to do it again in twelve months. Heck See you guys. next year, boys. Peace. All right, boys. See you next week. Actually. <laughs> oh 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 we're still oh, doing we're, this in yeah, the meantime yeah, yeah. we yeah. haven't quit okay not yet yeah, not yet <laughs> yeah. all right boys all all right. have a good one see you guys see ya. Yeah.